This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thanks so much for shining on today. I am very, very happy you're here for this very special show. Our guest today is Dr. Eben Alexander, and we are diving deep into the universe, which is what we are. Science and spirituality are getting closer, and you are an important part of saving the world. Not kidding. Dr. Eben Alexander wrote Proof of Heaven a few years back. He was a scientist who got very sick and nearly died. He came back with proof of our afterlife. The Metaphysical Center of New Jersey welcomes him to their festival October 27th. You can be there at that festival and you can be at Dr. Alexander's keynote address. We spoke a few years ago when the first book came out. Doctor, I picked up Map of Heaven the other night. I'm enjoying it very much, but that's not your most recent book, is it? No, that was the second book. The latest is really the reason this is big news and that's called Living in a Mindful Universe. That book really just uh, begins to close the uh, connect the dots on the scientific uh, revolution that's going on around the uh, nature of consciousness. Um, and that really is the big news here, because uh, the scientific revolution is one that enables uh, kind of the realistic uh, understanding in our lives, not only of things like the afterlife, but also of reincarnation. So uh, it's a tremendous movement in the scientific world around the nature of consciousness that is truly big news uh, for all involved. And that's why Living in a Mindful Universe is uh, a newsworthy book. Okay. Now, are you saying we are mindful in the universe or the universe itself is mindful? The universe itself is mindful. It's really kind of astonishing. We all seem to have a relationship with a self-aware universe that's built into the very fabric of the universe. I mean, we pretend that we're separate from the universe, and that's been an assumption of the scientific revolution for centuries, you know, that the scientific observer witnesses the universe and then reports on it. Well, quantum physics showed us that you're, you're never separate from the universe. And uh, anyway, we go into that in a lot of detail in Living in a Mind for Universe, but it basically is the notion that we're all sharing one mind, even though we have this notion of separation, the life review and near-death experiences, which occurs in more than a quarter of cases, is uh, very strong evidence that uh, these boundaries of self in many ways are part of a fiction. It supports our living this drama, but we really are sharing that one mind. Okay. We are talking to Dr. Eben Alexander, and you say we are sharing one mind. I would say many people will live their entire lives never uh, opening themselves up to that. Would you agree with that? Well, I agree. I mean, the way this is all set up, we're supposed to believe that, you know, we have our own consciousness, the scientific, uh, conventional scientific view is that the physical world is all that exists, and therefore our body and our brain must somehow be producing consciousness out of physical matter. And that's where it really hits a wall and does not work. Uh, whether you're looking at the hard problem of consciousness, which is really the impossible problem of trying to understand it all within a very limited view such as physicalism or materialism, but also the uh, deepest notions of quantum physics, which uh, have been kind of haunting us and challenging us for almost a century now, 
and basically are converging on a realization uh, from those experiments in quantum physics that there really is only consciousness and that the physical world emerges out of consciousness. And this is something that's uh, very revolutionary in many ways, even though inklings of this kind of wisdom have been around for thousands of years from various spiritual traditions. But now quantum physics and the neuroscience of consciousness are all converging on this notion of idealism that uh, the mental realm is primordial and dictates all else that we witness unfolding in this material realm. Okay, so if we are sharing one mind, then the universe doesn't react to us personally or separately because we're part of the universe? Well, it's, you know, our language gets in the way and conspires to fool us. I mean, we are essentially one with the universe. Each and every one of us as a conscious being has this profound relationship so that if we try and look at it, that there's a, you know, the, the fundamental model of materialist science, that there's a physical world out there demanding our explanation, what we find is there's far too much influence of the mental. For example, placebo effect. Uh, it's the gold standard in scientific medicine for assessing any new uh, medical uh, treatment. Um, and it turns out, though, placebo effect in its most profound manifestations is a profound example of mind over matter, that all that material science we learn in medical school, the molecular medicine, all the genetics, every bit of that uh, is really second tier to the guiding forces of the mind. And that's why uh, this notion of a mental universe, which is uh, pretty clear in quantum physics, is, is so astonishing. And what it really tells us is we have this uh, tremendous power over a events in the universe, beginning with our very health, uh, in ways that are kind of shocking. If you go to the noetic.org website and put in a search term of spontaneous regression, you'll find a book they published in the mid-1990s, more than 3,500 cases of spontaneous uh, remission or regression of cancers, of severe infections, things like that, all because a patient believed they could get better. So that's where this is really astonishing, is the materialist model that pretends it's all just physical matter going through the, you know, it's stuff uh, based on laws of physics, chemistry, biology, uh, and completely ignoring the power of mind over matter, which medical science has admitted to for the last six decades, right. you know, through placebo effect. Now, what was that website again? Did you say noetic? Yeah, N-O-E-T-I-C dot org. Okay. And, and then just a spontaneous remission is the search term and that'll find you'll get to all the information in the book all right fabulous and the book that we're talking about is living in a mindful universe dr eben alexander our guest he's coming to new jersey and he can't wait to meet you we're so grateful you're you're coming to town by the way so well, we, looking forward to it <laughs> we are one mind we are one with the universe so how do we how do we interact with that? I mean, since we're already a part of it, how do, how do I talk to the universe? Am I just well, talking it, to it, myself? It, well, important to point out, what most of us think of as ourself is that little flow of thoughts in our head, the voice of the linguistic brain, the voice of the ego, uh, you know, that steady stream of consciousness, the monkey mind that each and every one of us uh, faces every day. But the important thing to point out is that, that is not your consciousness. Your consciousness is the awareness of all that. And what I found beginning about two years after my coma is the only way to make sense of my near-death experience was to explore consciousness very intentionally and directly. 
And by that, what I mean is um, develop a form of meditation, of going within, of examining kind of your inner world and exploring it. And what you end up finding is you have access to a tremendous amount of information. Now, the first step that most people know of when they've heard of meditation is quieting the mind. And that is a first step. But then the universe offers so much more. The quieting the mind part is simply acknowledging that that little uh, stream of thoughts in your head, the voice of your ego, is not who you are and putting it into time out and allowing your conscious awareness to expand to much more. And again, it's the little voice in the head, the monkey mind, that Michael Singer in his book, The Untethered Soul, he calls that voice in our head the annoying roommate. And that's really the best way to picture it. And of course, that is our pathway to truth for scientists like me before my coma, using my rational mind, my linguistic voice in my head and all that. But the universe can give us much uh, more complete information about this if we learn to silence that little voice in the head. And that's where sacred acoustics is so powerful. And I would encourage anyone who's interested, just go to sacredacoustics.com and start exploring her website. That's my life partner, Karen Newell. She's also the co-author of the book Living in a Mindful Universe. And I would also suggest that people, without spending one penny on this, can get involved in a 33-day journey into the heart of consciousness if they go to ebenalexander.com. That's E-B-E-N alexander.com. And right there at the welcome page is a banner that wiggles in your face, your 33-day journey into the heart of consciousness. More than 8,000 people around the world have taken that course to date. And many of them leave comments on all 33 of those pages. And it's a community of like-minded souls who are really into this kind of union of science and spirituality. Because it really, that's why all of this is so important, is it's really a union of the two most fundamental forces in our culture, science and spirituality, all over the nature of consciousness itself. And I think many people will be surprised to find that the science of this is already quite advanced if you're willing to read it and pay attention to the details, but it supports not only the reality of the afterlife, but also of the reality of reincarnation. And the group at University of Virginia, Division of Perceptual Studies, and their website, very important site for you to learn much more about this, is uvadops.org. And uh, there they have a tremendous amount of information, and one piece of information that's there is a case report of my medical records that just came out in uh, September 2018 in the Journal of Nervous and Mental Diseases, a very respected peer-reviewed medical journal that really supports all the story that I put out in Proof of Heaven and goes even further because they realized just how ill I was, how my brain was so damaged that I should have been able to experience nothing, no hallucination, no dream, none of that should have been possible in that brain, and yet I experienced that incredible story that I told in proof of, of heaven. Right. And this case report is a very important objective scientific uh, touchstone because, in fact, uh, the peer reviewers were very confused because the medical records appeared to be of someone who would die. They couldn't understand how someone could even survive that illness. That was the shock I had when I reviewed my own medical records as my brain was recovering and all my neurosurgical knowledge was coming back. But they go so far in a peer-reviewed medical article as to suggest that the miraculous nature of my recovery might have been due to the spiritual content of my near-death experience. And for a group of physicians who are not involved in my care to make such an extraordinary statement in the peer-reviewed medical literature 
is definitely newsworthy. Okay, so so these scientists said because you have this very spiritual experience in your near-death experience, that is what helped you get better? That's what these scientists are saying? Exactly, and it's because they're aware of other similar cases. People who read that uh, case report, and anybody can access it, if you go to my, my website, evanalexander.com, look at the blog I wrote in September 2018, and in the fourth paragraph, there's a link directly to the medical report itself. And it turns out that those doctors were also aware of cases like Anita Morjani. She wrote a book called Dying to Be Me. She had advanced uh, stage four lymphoma, was deep in coma, down to 85 pounds, should have died within hours. That was in February 2006. She made a profound recovery in which her cancer completely disappeared. Uh, I've given presentations with her around the world. Anita is alive and well, and her cancer went away. Likewise, the story of Dr. Mary C. Neal, an orthopedic surgeon who wrote a book called To Heaven and Back. She was in a kayaking accident in Chile in the late 1990s in which her kayak was driven deep underwater, broke both of her legs, pinned under a boulder 10 feet down uh, for more than 30 minutes. And anybody out there knows that when you go down in warm water like this for more than 30 minutes, your brain doesn't survive it. And yet she did. And she came back, made a full recovery, even to be an orthopedic surgeon, but also telling the story of her near-death experience. So these physicians were aware of similar miraculous recovery cases that were associated with deep spiritual journeys of NDEs. It's another, it's an example of placebo effect on steroids, the fact that our mind over matter can have have such tremendous power over our healing is exemplified in these extraordinary cases in the medical literature, including mine, Anita Warjani's, Mary C. Neal, and other NDEs that similarly uh, support uh, you know, healing beyond anything Western medicine can explain, but all really through the power of the soul. Okay. Why some and not others? Why do some people heal from these situations and others die? Well, that is a beautiful question, and I think it, it brings up the importance of fully grasping what reincarnation means, because uh, the group at UVA, Division of Perceptual Studies, a group of scientists have studied more than 2,500 cases of past life memories in children indicative of reincarnation over the last six decades. So in other words, it's a much bigger view of who we are, and, and we need to let go of a notion that we just live here birth to death and that's all there is to it. And as we begin to accept and acknowledge this much bigger role that we face here, uh, we start to realize that if we're willing to uh, learn and teach the various lessons of love and of this connection to the universe and of eternity of soul, of the eternal connection between members of our soul group, uh, and acknowledge that the end of the physical body is not the end of one's relationships and of those uh, kind of soul journeys, then we're starting to get the bigger picture. And as we get that and, and fully acknowledge, of course, no one is ever meant to live forever. Uh, our physical bodies are, are, are always going to be limited uh, to a point where they will end up coming to an end in this thing we call Earth time. But the important lesson we're to get is that we can more optimally live our lives and have a better expectation of physical, mental, and emotional health if we fundamentally have a very balanced uh, spiritual health. And when I use the word spiritual, even though many people can access that through religion, 
any of the orthodoxies of religion that tend to put us against each other and in conflict and warfare uh, and all of that is very misleading and away from the original message of the prophets. But I feel that the, the original uh, message of, of the great seekers and, and prophets that have given us various religious systems those original messages have a, a confluence all around notions of kindness, mercy, compassion, and love. And those are the original lessons that really need to be brought to the front, and a modern spirituality can do that wow. when it's liberated from any of the dogmas of religions that try and pretend that we're in a material world controlling each other, which is where a lot of that dogma goes, and much more into harping on the oneness and love and the God within us that is spoken of by uh, uh, many of the great prophets, whether you're talking about Christ uh, or Muhammad or talking about Buddha. Uh, the messages resonate deeply, um, you know, especially uh, given the lessons of modern near-death experiences and what they teach us about the power of love and how it has a universal uh, healing force. We're talking to Dr. Eben Alexander. He's coming to New Jersey. Living in a Mindful Universe is his new book. This is a wonderful thought that we are one mind, that that is this one mind and all the organisms in it, is is that God? Uh, I would say yes. Now, there's a beautiful book written on this topic in addition to our book, Living in a Mind for Universe, by our friend Dr. Larry Dossey. It's called One Mind, and I can also highly suggest that uh, Dr. Dossey was a twin, an identical twin, and so he grew up like many twins, knowing that telepathy is absolutely real. Uh, I mean, in the world of, uh, of uh, identical twins, you basically find a 20% incidence of very high-quality uh, telepathic communication. And that's why he was thinking of the one mind, as he had that example as being a twin. But he found examples all through the animal kingdom and between various species, helping each other, communications where in flocks of birds, schools of fish, uh, and uh, herds of mammals, etc., you find a lot of behavior that suggests they're really working with one mind and not multiple independent minds. And I think especially when you look at quantum physics and what some of the founding fathers of that field tried to tell us about the primacy of consciousness, uh, like Werner Heisenberg and Paul Dirac and uh, uh, Louis de Broglie and, and other founding fathers of quantum physics, all talked about the fundamental nature of consciousness and how you could not see it as derivative from a brain or from anything in the physical realm, but the consciousness is more fundamental. And this, combined with the modern neuroscience of consciousness and philosophy of mind, is leading to an extraordinary revolution in science, which is very liberating for each and all of us. But part of it is realizing that that thing we call consciousness is actually shared, and there's a tremendous amount of evidence for what is called non-local consciousness. Okay. Not only telepathy, but things like precognition, remote viewing, out-of-body experiences, etc. If this, this is all wonderful, we are one mind, we are part of God, why are we killing each other? Well, I would say that has come from uh, a lot of the kind of thinking of the worldview of scientific materialism. 
you know, the world of science has guided our culture uh, for the last few centuries in terms of what we believe to be real and not. Now, unfortunately, materialistic science is actually an old holdover that should have gone extinct 80 years ago because it has nothing to do with uh, the findings of quantum physics, uh, which are absolutely revolutionary and completely open the door to the reality of the mental nature of the universe and the primacy of mind. And in fact, many scientists will tell you that quantum physics is the most proven um, field in the history of science. And yet many scientists, including some who claim to have knowledge of quantum physics, really have no idea how important uh, the findings of quantum physics are in understanding the relationship between the brain and mind. So the scientists who study consciousness itself are leading the way. And, and another resource for your viewers is GalileoCommission.org. I'm one of the scientific advisors to that group, more than 100 scientists who advise Harold Wallach and, and others in, in promoting that manifesto. Karen and I were in London in November 2018 supporting the launch of that. Uh, but they call it Galileo Commission because Galileo had a, um, a family member, an uncle, I believe, or a, a, an in-law who was uh, with the church, and, and he had seen the moons of Jupiter through his telescope, and he tried to get the bishop to look through the telescope, and the bishop refused. And likewise, today, many in the world of materialist science refuse to look at the data. But if you look at the data concerning of non-local consciousness and all the features of consciousness in the modern era, and this is something, of course, we cover in great detail in Living in a Mindful Universe, but you can also learn a lot from our website, com, but the reality is the scientific world is shifting dramatically, and the more anyone knows about consciousness and the modern study of consciousness, the more they realize that the evidence and the rational argument and theoretical systems that are currently emerging point to a far brighter uh, future for humanity in which we acknowledge that we're truly in this together. I mean, the, the biggest thing a near-death experiencer will tell you is that in that life review, we find that we're all really part of one mind. And when we hurt another, we're hurt ourselves. So, for example, in a life review, when you go through it, you actually experience the feelings of others around you impacted by your actions and thoughts. So it's not, a life review is not commonly described as experienced by you, but more you're feeling the emotions of all that were affected by your choices. So it's a beautiful example of treat others as you would like to be treated. And this is written into the very fabric of the universe in the form of these very common life reviews that have been described by more than a quarter of all the millions and millions of people who have had near-death experiences described over the last few thousand years across all cultures and belief systems. Amazing. Dr. Evan Alexander, thank you so, so much. Aren't you glad you died a little? Well, you know, I'm very grateful for every bit of it. And uh, it's a lesson that I feel is important to get out there and share, uh, because in many ways, this puts responsibility for our world back in our laps. We don't have any excuses. You know, every soul is important in this awakening, and we all are stewards for this beautiful planet on which we live. And we cannot just destroy it, which materialist science and its false view of separation and also a, a false 
version of Darwinian selection focusing on competition, where most biologists will tell you collaboration and cooperation are keys to success in the biological world. Um, and this is really about awakening humanity to our sense of oneness and that we should be here to take care of each other. That's Kindness, important. compassion, and mercy for all fellow beings. And this, of course, includes animals, too. They're part of the package. Absolutely. Collaboration and loving each other, taking care of each other, the only way out. I have to let you go, but before I do, I want to tell you, do you know what's in the top drawer of my nightstand? Um, I might guess uh, a book. It's the audio book of Proof of Heaven with a letter to my family that says, if there's ever a day when I'm not here, listen to this because I'm still Oh, that is so sweet. Well, I must say a lot of people find comfort in that book because it really does help to unite science and spirituality in the modern era. Thank you, Dr. Eben Alexander. I'm going to repeat all of these websites that you mentioned and also tell people where to find you in New Jersey. Have a beautiful day. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Talk soon. And you are invited to hear more from Dr. Eben Alexander at the 18th annual Mind, Body, Spirit Fall Festival at the Hilton Hotel in Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey, Sunday, October 27th from 11 till 5. Dr. Alexander's keynote is at 4 in the afternoon. Metaphysicalcenterofnewjersey.org and jot this down, noedic.org, U-V-A dot D-O-P-S, Karen Newell, Sacred Sounds, Galileo Commission dot org, Dr. Eben, E-B-E-N, Alexander. Get tickets to see him in New Jersey, October 27th, Metaphysical Center of New Jersey dot org. I can't find the right words to tell you what I'm feeling right now. I think you know. And our thought for the day is from Dr. Eben Alexander, who said, just minutes ago, every soul is important in this awakening, and we are all stewards for this beautiful planet. Go. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.